You're listening to a sermon from the preaching and teaching ministry of First Presbyterian Church, Covington, Tennessee. Our mission is to proclaim Christ's kingdom through word and deed. You can learn more about us at 1pc-covington.org or join us for worship at 403 South Main Street, Covington, Tennessee. Today's scripture reading will be from John 4, 27 through 42, but first, please join me in prayer. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Just then, his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or, why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have no food to eat. I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the, the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here, here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor, Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves. And we now know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. It's the word of God for the people of God. So when Keelan asked the kids a question of their favorite song, there was kind of a look on their face like, is she going to ask me to sing that if I admit to having one? And what I noticed was the look on their face was a lot like the look on their parents' faces when I'm asking them, oh, to sing a, read a psalm or a scripture or something else of what is she going to ask me to get into? So, <laughs> um, Our scripture passage this morning is following up when Jesus has met the woman at the well. You'll remember she, he asked for a drink and she was surprised that Jesus was a man talking to her and that was talking to her um, who um, was a Samaritan, him being a Jew. They did not have dealings with one another. And he talked about um, that he would offer waters, living waters, uh, that, that would fill and satisfy and give life. And they discussed things, and, and um, he, he talked with her and showed that he knew about her background with um, different men in her life, and, and yet still offered this water. This, um, this is the one who is seeking those to worship, and he's talking about worshiping in spirit and truth. And, and so as they're talking about these things, now the disciples come back. 
And they're surprised. I love the kind of comment. They're surprised. What do you want, woman? And why is he talking to her? But no one dared to ask him why. So there was this comment of what they wanted to say, but they're learning. They're not going to ask Jesus these things. And so now that they're back, the woman leaves and goes back to her village and says, come and see. He's told me everything I've done. Come and see. Could this be the Messiah? She shares Jesus with them. Come and see. Now, do you have people in your life that you would love for them to know Jesus? Do you have, have friends that they just seem to be struggling in different ways and you know that if they had a knowledge of Christ in their life, if they had a commitment to Jesus, that there would be things that Jesus could heal in them, that there's things Jesus would change in them, that they seem to be struggling and looking different places and you as somebody who loves them just watch them kind of wander around seeking something you know won't satisfy Do you have people in your life like that? Do you have friends in your life that you would love for them to know Christ? I have a friend who I've I've known for a long time who I I pray for routinely that God would bring somebody into his life, that he would would know truth, that others could share the gospel as well. Um, Because just I, I, I would see a fullness that I would love for him to have. Do you have people like that? If, if so, and maybe, maybe you've made attempts to share the message with people. Maybe you've had people in your life, family or friends, that you've, you've kind of made an attempt. And like most of us, that attempt has probably been kind of, oh my goodness, I have no idea what to say. I, maybe I said too much. Maybe I didn't say enough. Maybe, what if they ask questions I don't know the answer to? And maybe we're hesitant, or maybe we feel like we failed, or maybe we don't because we're afraid that we might fail. If so, this text has really good news for you. Because it shows us some surprising things about what it is to share our faith with others. And for some of us, we just have a lot of fear and a lot of guilt about that. And this can be a very freeing passage for us to look at if you care for somebody and you're not really sure how to share Jesus. And the first part of it is that God is the one doing the work. So the whole point is that God is calling people through the testimony of His people. And the first part of that is that it is God who is doing the you know, if we think it's up to us, if it's thinking that we have to have a presentation downright, if it's thinking that we have to have answers to every question somebody might bring up, then we're going to be paralyzed. And we're going to be really, you know, fretting over what to do. But if we realize that God is the one doing the work, that all we do is share the message and it's up to Him, it's a lot less of a burden. I mean, it's really good news. It's your responsibility to convert anyone. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Your job is just to give testimony. And the Holy Spirit has the hard part. The Holy Spirit does the work. God is the one doing the work. Jesus is the one, He's saying, um, that His work is to, 
that is what is satisfying him as he's coming to, to seek and to save the lost. Um, they come and they say, um, uh, you know, Rabbi, eat. And he says, I have food of which you don't know. And they're looking around. Has he hidden a Snickers bar under his robe or something? Somebody giving him food. I don't know if they imagine some traveling Samaritan taco truck or something, but, you know, how did Jesus get food out here? And so he says, very Jesus-y kind of thing. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So they're confused about food in the same way she was confused about water. All right, so I'm, I'm not trying to be all super spiritual, but there's times I've, I fast. Um, I think it's biblical. And let me tell you one of the great spiritual truths I've learned from the times I've fasted or attempted to fast. I get really happy when I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay skipping one meal, but when it's time for that next one, I'm hearing rumbling, and I'm, I'm, I, I really should, you know, I just, I'm, I'm shorter with people. I'm less patient, and, you know, that's a, a bad thing anyway. And, and what I learn is that I'm, I'm not satisfied. You know, I need food. And here's Jesus saying, what satisfies me, what makes me full is doing God's work. That satisfaction, that fills me up. I mean, some of you have probably had a glimpse of that. Have you ever been so busy in a project that you absolutely loved, and suddenly you realized, oh, I hadn't eaten, I'm kind of hungry. I mean, that's what Jesus is saying is, I, I need to eat, but my greater priority, what really satisfies me, what really fills me is doing my Father's will. And it's Jesus who's doing the Father's will. It's Jesus who is working, Jesus who is talking to her. And even as the woman is going, Jesus is at work and he's saying, no, I'm, I'm satisfied, I'm full. I mean, Jesus is human, he's gonna have to eat. But he's saying, right now I'm full because my work is being done. And so later on when the people come and they believe because of her testimony, it says Jesus stays with them a while and then more believe because of him. And it's almost an exact parallel of the first disciples when um, Andrew goes to, to his brother Peter, you'll remember in, in chapter one, and then when Philip goes to Nathaniel and brings him in, there's a sense in which they believe initially because of the testimony of their friend, but then there's a deeper belief when they meet Jesus because it is Jesus who has worked. So there's a sense in which you invite people, come and see and that's where the real work as Jesus' words speak to people and move in their hearts and does the real work. So it is God who is doing the work. God is calling people through the testimony of his people. So God is calling people through his testimony. The woman goes. Now, now first off, notice she goes. She believes, he said, I'm the Messiah, I'm he. So she goes and she kind of trusts this and she's going to go with others. Notice he doesn't say, hang on, wait, 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 come back here. We're going to sign you up for a six-week, two-ways-to-live evangelism course. Or, wait a minute, the disciples are here, let's, let's get a long-term strategy plan of how to reach Samaria for Jesus. I mean, there, there's not this planning and this strategy or this training. Now, those are good things. When we teach them, I mean, they're very helpful. We want to have people who are ready to give a defense for the hope that lies within you. We, we need to think through how to best share the gospel with others. But there's times, those kind of things that, that we feel like if I'm not fully prepared, I can't really share Jesus, become a hindrance. 
All she knows is, here's a truth and a change in my life, and I can share it with others. And she's not ready to give a full-blown systematic theology. She's just ready to say, I think this is the Messiah. Come and see. And that's really our job is just to share what we know and share what he has done. And we go and we share this. And it's amazing what she does share. Have you ever heard someone say, you know, what we really just need to do is live a good life, be a good person, and then people will ask, what's the difference about us than anybody else? And we can tell them about Jesus. Now, you certainly need to live a good life. But I don't think I've ever heard anyone who said, well, I came to faith because someone was a good neighbor. And I went over and I said, why, why are you a good neighbor? And they said, Jesus. And so I became a Christian. Because there's something about if I go and I say, well, look how good I am. Don't you want to know what's making me such a good person? I'm making it about me. And honestly, I'm going to have to really step up my game if anybody's going to come to faith. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of pressure to live like Jesus, you know, perfect. I mean, we do need to follow him. We want to be obedient. But, but ultimately, if it's all about how good we are, it's amazing anyone's in church. Do you see what she does? Hey, y'all, y'all have been talking about me for years. You know what kind of person I am, and you all gossip about me. I know it, and he knows it too. Could he be the, I mean, she comes with her, her shame and her brokenness and her failures and says, he knows me, and he, he, he's kind of received me in spite of that. This isn't about how good I am. This is about the Messiah. It's about Jesus. And so, I mean, could there be a sense, I mean, certainly live a good life. And certainly if anybody asks if there's a difference, share Jesus. But what a difference if I was to go and say, you know, I have doubts and I have struggles. And there's things in my life that are just broken. But I found one I can lean on and trust. I found one who accepts me even when I don't live up to who I ought to be. That if we go with our weaknesses... There's something Paul said about his strength made perfect through our weakness. And if we just honest and share our lives and share not how good and nice we are, though we want to be loving and we want to be obedient, if we go and we point not to us but to a Jesus who accepts broken people, the whole crowd comes out to see that. Because they have to be saying, what in the world? This woman who was going to the well at noon to avoid everybody is suddenly coming in to see everybody and say, come and see the man who made a change in my life. So we, it's through our testimony of who Jesus is, not our testimony of who we are. God is calling people through the testimony of his people. He is using the woman at the well. He's using the disciples. He's using you to bring in those he wants to worship him, to, to reap the harvest. Jesus um, kind of talked about this. Don't you say it's four months from sowing until the harvest? But I tell you now, the, you know, look up, the harvest is here. What he's saying is normally you have to wait a long time between sowing and harvest. You know there's a sense in which one person does this work and there's another person doing this work. 
And, and in doing so, um, but, but he says now the harvest is coming in even as it's being sowed. Now, and a part of what he's doing is probably alluding to um, a prophecy of Amos when it says those who are going to be harvesting are going to come immediately behind those who are sowing because it's so fruitful, so productive. But he's saying now it's, 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 it's happening. You know, he, he's bringing in people even from Samaria, even from the unlikeliest places, bringing in this harvest. But he's also pointing out one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for what you do not labor. Others labored and entered into their labor. In other words, it's people, plural. It's not up to one person to bring somebody from an understanding of God, get rid of all their defenses, show them the fullness of the gospel, and call them to an immediate decision. Your job might be to sow a seed. Your job might be to, to harvest that seed. In other words, you don't have to share everything. When you're just bearing testimony, God is using that because he's the one doing the work. He's the one bringing you into relationship with people to build on what somebody else has done, to plant a seed that somebody else will harvest. That it's the people, all of us together, sharing the good news. So um, I have to... Uh, just one of those weird things that happen in your life as a preacher. I, uh, I pitched up, pick up a hitchhiker one time. Now, no, no family was in the car with me. No kids were in the car. With, but I picked up a hitchhiker and we're talking. And of course, the question comes up, what do you do? This was, this was in Alabama. I don't know if that makes any difference, but he says, what do you do? And I say, well, I'm a pastor. And he goes, ah. And he, he had just gotten out of jail. And, um, yeah, I'm in detail. But anyway, he says, <laughs> you're the third ride I've had since getting out of jail. And you're the third pastor who's picked me up. <laughs> and I was like, well, let's continue the conversation because everyone had been sharing with him. And we just got to continue the conversation of sharing the gospel with this guy. Um, and it was, you know, sent him out and said, well, let's see who God sends your way next. Because it was obvious God was doing the work and people were just kind of uh, coming into his life to share a little bit. But also God's people. You can't share what you don't have. Can it be that some of us ourselves don't really have a relationship with Jesus, but we know there's something about being in the church that makes people more moral? that maybe it kind of helps out and gives wisdom. And, and so maybe it can be that as, as we are sharing, it might be that we, we might, out ourselves, really have what we're trying to give to others. It might be that we're just about following God's rules and, and being good in ourselves. That is woman. There, there's an important detail that we might be tempted to skip over when she left Jesus, she left the water jar. She didn't need it anymore. He said, when you have living water, you're not going to have to come back and forth to this, well, you know, and, and it'll be within you something so satisfying, you, you won't have to keep drawing water. She didn't need it anymore. She had the living water. She had encountered Jesus, and from her fullness from her relation with the one who knew everything about her and still accepted her and loved her, she was so ready 
to go now out of that fullness of that relationship and share it with others, even with others that probably had talked about her, even with others that were around her that she was hesitant to go talk to. She shared Jesus, the water of life. Let us pray. Lord God, as we mentioned, um, friends and family in our lives that we would love for you to know in a saving way, that we would love for them to know you in a saving way, uh, we pray for them. We ask that you'll be with them, and we ask that you would uh, use your people to share that good news with them. And Lord, we pray that if anyone here uh, would have to say, you know, I know about Jesus, but I'm not sure I have him as that living water, that they too, might hearing the words of your people in our testimony, might know him and love him and have that, um, that water springing up in them as well. In Christ's name we pray, amen. And you've been listening to a sermon from the preaching and teaching ministry of First Presbyterian Church, Covington, Tennessee. Our mission is to proclaim Christ's kingdom through word and deed. You can learn more about us and listen to other sermons at onepc-covington.org or join us for worship at 403 South Main Street, Covington, Tennessee.